This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. All right, so today we have with us Brother Brad Lambeth, um, tremendous man of God, um, and to be honest, I've heard him called uh, a prophet, so to be fair, I don't think there is anybody uh, more qualified um, to be talking about and discussing what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so uh, I have with me uh, Brother Lambeth. So, uh, Brother Lambeth, um, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's good to hear your voice and uh, very much honored for the invitation and for the opportunity to participate. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So I just... In case any of our listeners um, haven't had the experience of um, hearing you minister, or maybe they don't know of you, which I don't know that very many people don't, that's, but... Uh, that's very likely, but anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, so, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, um, and then, uh, you know, what's going on uh, in the work of the Lord in Brazil. Um. I am 62 years old, I think. I'm 26, but I'm really 62. And uh, in a few short weeks, I will be 63. I have lived, basically, truly, my whole life in missionary work. My whole life in missionary work. As a child, as a newborn baby, my father was a whole mission uh, pastor uh, in the U.S., opened several churches. Then he came to Brazil, worked for five years during the early 60s, went back to the States, did more home mission work, came back to Brazil and stayed in Brazil until he died on the field. So of my 62 years, I've never lived one day of my life in a regular, quote, traditional, quote, established, quote, normal, quote, church. So uh, I've lived all of my life on mission fields, all of my life. And uh, because of that, I've been tremendously blessed, tremendously blessed to see the greatest works that God has ever done on the earth. I've seen them, been part of them, and uh, they have enhanced my life in my walk with God. So I'm a blessed man. I guess that would be the way to put it. People sit, people tend to feel sorry for missionaries. And I guess there are some that should feel sorry for them. Uh, they don't feel sorry for me. I'm, I'm a happy camper. Uh, oh, and then you had asked about uh, at this present time, uh, we are striving to um, uh, expand our church endeavors, our apostolic church endeavors across Brazil. At this time, we're in about, I think, nine or 10, maybe 11 states of Brazil. Brazil has 26 states. So we're almost at the halfway mark, almost at the halfway mark. And uh, we're constantly trying to train new pastors, new workers, trying to open new churches wherever there's an open door. Uh, exciting work. It's very hard work. It's 
it's uh, it's a lot of intensity to it. Uh, very rewarding, very rewarding. Uh, not continually rewarding. Uh, missionary work is what people do when they don't have the, the you know the. Uh, I was going to say when they don't have the money, but missionary work is what people do when they get excited when they hit bingo and something huge in Jesus. It's one of those things you may have to work a while, but when you hit the bingo, brother, it's worthwhile being the missionary. So, we're always looking for the bingo moments. Amen. Amen. So, today our our topic is the role of the uh, prophet in the New Testament church. Um, So, first, let's just talk a little bit about um, what it means to be a prophet of God. So we'll look maybe at some Old Testament examples, um, if you have any off the top of your head, and we're just going to obey the Holy Ghost in this um, podcast. It's all about uh, equipping, empowering, and encouraging the apostolic ranks of the church today. Um, the first thing I do need to say, I don't, I don't properly consider myself a prophet. I consider myself to be a servant of God. So I'm, I don't I don't feel at all qualified for that um, for that uh, title or whatever. I do I do really desire to be a servant unto God, and uh, I do uh, understand uh, the importance of having an authentic voice in the church. And I think that having an authentic voice in the church is, in a way, a very vulnerable, vulnerable. It's there. It, it, it's it exposes you to the pressures, the spiritual pressures that surround us all, much more than, for example, to be a musician or to be a song leader or to whatever so uh, I don't I don't uh, uh, I don't ex- I don't I don't feel qualified for that but I do understand I do understand that if you don't if you don't have an authentic voice in the church the church is in danger of being um, uh, sent in the wrong direction so but it's sort of like it's sort of like the it's sort of like paul uh at, at at the seashore and he told the centurion he told or the centurion i think then told the captain said hey this prisoner just said that uh that this voyage better be canceled because there's going to be great ruin upon the ship and upon the cargo and the lives and uh the voice was rejected because the centurion and the captain had a superior voice in the professional world or in the society Mm. of world, but they did not recognize the authenticity of the voice of a man of God. And so 
I think maybe that's one of the biggest dangers we face is where that the voice of the man of God is rejected because perhaps maybe who knows people don't know how to recognize the voice of a man of God, a true man of God. Mm. Maybe that's the problem. You know, uh, it's uh, we're, we're living in unusual times, and that may very well be one of the major problems that's connected to all that. How do you authenticate? How do you authenticate the voice of a true man of God? So you don't have an identity. You know, you, you don't you don't have an ID card. Um, you don't you don't you know you don't you don't wear a, a, a ribbon a yellow ribbon on your coat on your you know uh, to to identify you. It 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 it's authenticated by the power of God. Mm. And uh, and it's easy to reject because again, there's no tangible proof, at least not at the first moment. You're back to Paul again. So Paul says, "Hey, this boat's going to sink." Well, it took him three or four days or whatever it was to figure out that Paul was truly a man of God. You see, so so let's say let's say you know I, I have to go back and look it up, but let's say let's say that Paul told him on Thursday, "Hey guys, this boat's going to sink," and so his voice was rejected as not being authentic because he doesn't know anything about navigational systems. He doesn't know how to read the stars. Uh, he doesn't uh, you know he doesn't know what business is all about. So he's rejected. So he's pushed onto the boat. He's tied to the mask. He's a prisoner. And the voice starts. Well, it took him three or four days to figure out who was the authentic voice on the boat. By that time, it was too late. So we, we, we face that a lot. It's people that refuse or reject the authentication of God's word. You know, if we were to look back um, into the Old Testament, and, and even John was referred to as a prophet because yes. he preached the coming of Jesus and repentance. So God gave him a specific message to preach. Uh, would you say that, you know, even in the New Testament church, that a, a prophet of God, obviously, I don't. I don't read that, you know, John said, I'm a prophet of God. He never, he never, you know, he didn't stand out and specifically say, all he did was said, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. And in his case, in his case, if you really want to get down to it, there was no miracles to authenticate him. You know, in other words, hey, come and see a guy that opened blind eyes. There's no miracles that authenticated him. Mm. Uh, so what authenticated him? What gave him his commanding voice? What 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 authenticated? What what uh, what gave acceptance? Or what? Did, I'm missing the word there. But what 
what was it that authentication is when you say this is the real thing? So what was it that proved that John the Baptist was the real thing? It's certainly not his clothes. I mean, they, they were there, but that didn't authenticate him. And it wasn't the miracles because he didn't do any miracles, or if he did, it, they weren't in significance. Um, he wasn't a healer. He was a preacher. And he preached a message of just thus, like you said, just thus saith the Lord. And uh, believe me, it wasn't an exciting message. Yet, on the other hand, people flocked out and traveled, quote unquote, for hours, supposedly, to navigate, to get out to where he was at in order to hear an authentic message from him. That is what I desire for God's church, is that the authentic voice be recognized. But that's not always to be. There are times that only after the fact we say that was really a man of God. Yeah. Which is what happened, which is what happened at the cross. And after Jesus died, he said, boy, this guy, he really was the son of God, you know. But at this point, he was already hanging on the cross limp. So it's, it's, a, it's a job and a half. It's a job and a half. Um, so in, in Ephesians, you know, we talked a little bit about Paul. Um, so he's writing to the, the church of Ephesus. And, uh, you know, he says, and he, God, saying God gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Would you, would it be safe to say that there have been some people where they have had the anointing of God on their lives, but maybe... They have um, taken advantage of the gifts that God gave them, maybe to use for themselves or for their own gain, as opposed to specifically what it says here is for the work of ministry and edifying of the body of Christ and the perfecting of the saints. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very definitely. And as a matter of fact, to be perfectly frank, I think that is showing up more and more in our modern day. Than, than ever before. Um, I I would give you names, but I shall not. But I was even thinking about names just before this, whatever. I, I was thinking about at least two names of people that was once recognized as authentic voices. I don't think it was on these two names that I'm thinking about. I don't think it was so much a gain of of um, the fame or advantage. In other words, I get paid more if I'm seen as an authentic. I don't think it's so much that. I think it's something that goes deeper. I think there is a. I think there is a corruption of the of the nuclear structure mm. of of men who may even have been authentic at one time, but they're. Their DNA was corrupted, let's put it that way. So their DNA was corrupted, and 
corrupted. Uh, and, and so I think what, what causes that to happen is not so much the gain monetary or fame, but the the corrupting factor of of pride, maybe. Maybe that's what's, you know, maybe that's what it's all about. People, hey, look at me, you know. Uh, look, you know, look at me, mommy, you know, take a picture of me, mommy, here, you know. Maybe that's what causes them to reject being authentic voices. Authentic, uh, uh, authentic voices of God rarely, uh, rarely is a money thing. I mean, as far as I know, it never is a money thing. And it is not a name thing. It's a it's a connection with God so embedded into the person with their calling until they prefer to rot than to corrupt what God has given them. And uh, again, it's it's a very exposed, very exposed. Go look, at, go look at the prophets in the Old Testament. See how exposed they became. See the price that they paid, uh, the shame that they they, they suffered, uh, just to be able to say, "Thus saith the word of God." I know of a lot better ways to live at peace than to have to go through what those guys went through, and so it's not. It, it, it can't be a name money game thing. It's truly a calling. And when the calling is corrupted, then you start doing what you're not supposed to be doing. You start saying what you're not supposed to be saying. That's the real problem. Mm. So. Wow. So it's a uh, it's it's uh, we're living in we're living in difficult times again. It's very very difficult. Not no, that, I'll take that back. It's not difficult to identify an authentic voice of a prophet. That's not difficult. What is difficult is to override your uh, human structure and to be able to accept the voice of another person as being the voice of God. That is hard to do at times. It's sort of like, it's sort of like the, uh, it's sort of like the, the, the three wise men that came in to the manger scene, bringing their gifts. And there's Jesus laying in the, in the manger. And these, and these, and these, these wise men bow their knees to a baby in diapers and say this is the Messiah. And it's going to be 30 years before they'll ever have the voice of Jesus. They'll even hear about the voice of Jesus being confirmed. Mm. Can you believe in an authentic voice of a man of God for 30 years without it having confirmed and still believe it's a voice of God. That's to call a baby your king. It takes a lot of whatever. Yeah. So 
it seems like through the biblical examples that we have, um, that the prophet, a man who has um, accepted the calling to be the voice of God to their generation, whatever it be that they are preaching, that they will face some type of persecution. In our age, you know, there's a lot of, I think, uh, miscommunication or maybe misinterpretation uh, of of the Bible where, you know, obviously when we're reading of the, the prophets of old, you have the major prophets and the minor prophets, and really that's not necessarily a level as opposed to just the fact that the content there's less content there in their in their yeah that's true that's true but that's that's true that's the way that they divide out major and minor prophets that's true however however you can't look at how many words a prophet stated you have to look at his at the context of where he's inserted into history. into mm. uh, You can't... Uh, John the Baptist had a six-month ministry. and But none, like you said, there's no greater prophet than him. And yet there's prophets in the Old Testament that went for years as a prophet. 
and yet the Bible says that John the Baptist was the greatest of the great. And he just did it for six months. So it's not how much content you produce. It's it's how you connect with the context that God has inserted you to be a part of. If you can just do your job, even if it's just to say one sentence, if you can do your job and do it right, well then you are in God's perfect will. And that too is hard to accept because all of us want to be applauded and everything else. I don't, uh, I don't want to be applauded. I don't, I, I just want to be used of God. And for that to happen, I'm not out for, I'm, I'm not, again, I am not a prophet. I'm just a servant of God. But as a servant of God, if I can be used of God in whatever capacity, be it to preach a Sunday school lesson or be it to whatever, preach to kings, just may it be so. Wow. That is, that, I think if more people had the mentality in the apostolic movement that you're talking about, you know, because when, when you, and I'm, I'm going to be, I'm not going to say any names or, in, you know, any churches or specifically, but when I go to a church service, and you know there's there's lights and it and it seems like you know that authenticity factor of just the move of the holy ghost it it seems like we're trying to generate yeah 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 that that's that happens to a lot of churches we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to replicate what can't be replicated mm. you can't replicate you can't you can't uh, there are no reverse mural images of the Holy Ghost going back to the day of Pentecost there's no replication of that uh, can can you get the Holy Ghost without balls of fire falling on top of your head. Yes, you can. But can you get the Holy Ghost without the authentic Holy Ghost? No, you can't. And it becomes to the point where that everyone has, oh my God, every person has to authenticate through the Holy Ghost what is going on and what is happening in their lives. And that's where it, smoke machines do not solve the authentication situation smoke machines don't do that um it, it, it's just you know it won't do it it just won't do it so uh, uh, nicodemus wanted to know how to figure out how to authenticate the real thing and jesus told him said hey said Look at the trees and say, "Well, the trees they're they're hard to they're hard to map out." Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you. If you try to map out the Holy Ghost, you'll never map it out. Never map it out. Never. 
trying to map out the Holy Ghost. Father, we just try to be used of God and let God moving through us authenticate what he's trying to do. Maybe that's what we're looking for. I believe it is. To be a voice of God or, you know, a voice of a prophet, it seems clear that there has to be an emptying out or full surrender to the will of God, wherever that might lead. Of course, you do understand that when you use the word prophet, which confuses a lot of people, some hear the word prophet, but think of a guy getting up and saying, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, there will be an earthquake, which includes to a certain manner that. But what you mentioned about the five-fold ministry, it's not necessarily a thus saith the Lord tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, there will be a earthquake. It's more along the lines of this is where the church needs to go and this is what, which by the way, which by the way, the Bible also says, which is the only thing that the Bible, I mean, the, the only of the fivefold ministry, the prophets are subject to the prophets. You know, it, it again, it, it, it must be authenticated. You have got to authenticate what you're, it's not just getting up and saying, well, this is what I feel. It has to be confirmed with uh, signs and wonders, but not necessarily signs and wonders in the sense of, hey, three people got healed. That must mean, you know, signs and wonders in the sense that, Noah, it started raining. That shows after 120 years that what you said is coming to pass. That is authentic. Amen. That is authentic. Yeah. And that's, so, that's what we've got to not only be looking for, but striving for. And there's a lot of churches where, and where the pastor seems to be trying to do everything, and they're not allowing the congregation to act in their called roles. Yeah, um, I know what you're saying. Um, on the other hand, on the other hand, there is very much inherent danger in what you have described. Uh, there is a tendency nowadays that everyone wants to be a prophet, mm. you know, and I don't think that the grandeur and the greatness of God's work is the type that requires that everyone be a prophet. Um, it's it's sort of like the day of Pentecost, 120 got the Holy Ghost, 11 stood on the platform, but just one preached. So the idea of what people are wanting to promote nowadays since we're 120 let all the 120 be prophets you know and and you know and we'll just englobe everybody that is very 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 dangerous that is very dangerous you uh, it's not it's not a mass commodity calling it is not 
front. And uh, that is, it's, it's, again, you can't have authentic men of God without paying the price. And the masses will not pay the price. If it's real, if it's real, if it's real. So are there, is there that problem? What you described, there may be, but it's not as big of a problem as these other situations. Yeah, it may be, you know, yeah. There may be uh, some that are repressed, but our big problem is not how many are repressed. Our big problem is how many can listen and accept what is being preached. That's the big problem. Mm. Not very in your will. Yeah. So. So. As far as. The people who have that. Authenticity. That you can you can sense and you can feel and you can see in the way not just how they act in a church setting, but on a day to day basis. Whether it be you know you know that they're praying, they're at the church this time every night, praying this long, and you just know they're going to be there. Um, same with their Bible reading, you know that they're reading their Bible. And those two connected together keep that man of God connected to the voice of God. Yeah, but there's another factor in all that. And the other factor is that that's true. That's that's part of the package. But there is also another part of the package that very few people talk about. God's authenticity is connected through... Through through the ministry, in other words, you can't say, "Well, just because you're reading your Bible and praying, that makes you an authentic voice of God." You said, "Well, you know, I feel good when He preaches." That still doesn't authenticate what is. It's a very, it's a very, it's 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 not it's not all that easy to categorize. It's not. It's not. It's not, and so you have to have the, you have to have the ministerial authenticity to follow up. It, 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 listen, it, you have to have a ministerial authentication. Uh, going back to John the Baptist, well, you know, well, since John the Baptist showed up after the after the. 400 years of silence. Well, who authenticated him? Well, who authenticated him was voices of prophecy that showed up in the temple and where there was prophets that said, hey, this is God. I saw an angel. This is going to be born. In other words, there was ministerial authentication of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, in his turn, authenticated Jesus. Uh, if you don't have that line if you don't have that line, uh, just just uh, just uh, 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 reading your Bible and and praying two hours a day does not make you. It, it certainly helps, but it does not make you an authentic 
I have I have the authentication of the little that I do for the Lord as a missionary, not as a prophet, but as a missionary. The little that I do for the Lord has been authenticated across years of, uh, you know, of my my grandmother was tremendously used of God. My mother uh, was tremendously used of God. My father was tremendously used of God. My mother couldn't have a child, and she was she went to church one night, and there was a man of God that called her out and said, "You will have a child." This time next year, it will be a boy. He will, he will be uh, a, a man of God. He will preach, etc., etc. So you start building up the authentication, not just in Bible reading and uh, 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 praying, but you have to have these connecting dots. If you don't have these connecting dots, you you, you don't have it. And that's another problem is people think that, well, since I'm praying three hours a day and since I'm reading 13 chapters a day, that makes me a man. It does not. It does not. It does not. And uh, I can't I cannot. I have men of God in my life that authenticate me that 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 authorize me to be that, 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 that people don't like it. It's, but it, that's the way it is. It's, it, you can't, if you don't have an authentic confirmation, which is connecting the dots, you cannot, um, you know. So it would be safe to say that not just, even necessarily the prophet, but any role in the church of ministry must be verified or um, confirmed by the man of God in your life. Verified and confirmed, yes, yes. And the bigger the calling the wider the connecting dots must be. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. You don't have it. It's not, I don't care. You don't have it. Submission is really, you know, one of the biggest things. Submission to spiritual authority. Um, It, it's imperative. Um, it's imperative, but people. Here's what. Here's uh, uh, here, here's the problem: is that people tend to pick and choose who they want to authenticate. You can't fire. You can't fire. You can't. Uh, you can't fire the 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 dots that authenticate well this guy he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't quite understand me he doesn't agree with me so i don't consider his voice as authentic 
there could be here or there an exception to that, but in a general sense, there are no, in a general sense, there are no exceptions to that, in a general sense. So, uh, are you there? I'm still here. They're, yeah, they're, uh, they're calling me in on that other situation, so. Absolutely. But, uh, but it's, if you don't, if you don't have the authentic voice, you know, the authentic confirmations, you know. So you're not you're not going to you're not going to make it. Right. I appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to uh, hop on the Apostolic Theory podcast. Um, I'm very honored that you took the time to, and I believe that this episode is going to impact. Um, many lives. And so thank you very much. Um, and I look forward to the class this evening. Let's do it in Jesus name. God bless you, sir. God bless. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.